Hi, this is Ingrid D. Johnson, and I wanted to thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Writing Through the Pain, My Story. Thank you for tuning in week after week as I share clips from my upcoming memoirs. I hope you'll continue to tune in and share this podcast with other people around you who you think would really appreciate hearing it. Thank you so much for your support. I also wanted to let you know that recently I released a new single on March 21st that's called Rainbows with my friend Neil Pinto, a talented musician and producer. I think you'll like the track if you enjoy a song that is about love and commitment despite up and down feelings. I'm going to share the song with you before the episode begins today. And then when the song is done, please take care. Viewer discretion is advised for this episode. It can be triggering to some, but I hope you'll listen and that you'll benefit from the episode. Thank you so much. Take care. And for more information, please visit www.intheclosetproductions with an S at the end.com. Thank you. You make me
make me feel like rainbows You make me feel like sunshine Are you looking for a practical gift for your loved one? A new graduate, a co-worker, or perhaps a really close friend? Well, look no further. Check out my store, IDJ Designs, on Etsy and order one of my coffee mugs to support my mission to help draw awareness to the lifelong impact of childhood sexual abuse through my weekly podcast, my original music, my upcoming memoirs, previous poetry books, live shows, video film, and speaking engagements, all under my small production company, In the Closet Productions, a voice for the voiceless. Every purchase you make helps me, Ingrid D. Johnson, to continue sharing my story as an artist and a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Help me encourage those who feel voiceless and like no one understands their pain to speak up and to never lose hope. Check out my store on Etsy today. Thank you so much for your support. And please tell a friend. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of my weekly podcast, Writing Through the Pain. This is your host and Winnipeg multidisciplinary artist, Ingrid D. Johnson. Thank you, everyone, for joining me as I discuss, explore, and discover what facing and slowly healing after the trauma of childhood sexual abuse looks like in several areas of life, beginning with my childhood years and into my teens, and then slowly into my adult life. Thank you for choosing to go on this healing journey with me as I share pieces of my story from my upcoming book and also interviews with other people that are connected to my story. Would you like to do more to show your support for this podcast? Then please, subscribe, leave a tip in any amount, or become a monthly sponsor by contributing $5 a month or more through our PayPal link. That link is www.paypal.com forward slash paypal me, all one word, forward slash ITC sponsorship. In return, you will receive a quarterly newsletter, a download code to my album Visions and Dreams, and 10% discount off all new In the Closet Productions products and services. Every dollar you contribute will be used to produce inspiring original music, live music shows, speaking engagements, this podcast, and other creative projects that helps to draw awareness to the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you so much for your wonderful support. My Story, Part 32 Men, Money, Sex, and Inequality When I was 21 years old, still dating Isaac Omega and still living on Coppell Street with him, 
I remember working at an underground parkade by the convention center in downtown Winnipeg. I remember being the only female staff there and how the three male staff there treated me when I first started because I was a female. It was not nice and I'm sure a form of sexual harassment. On my first day there, all three men were sexist towards me. They didn't like the idea of a female working at the parkade with them, although some of them had daughters and wives. They just didn't think I should be working at the parkade with them because I was a girl, and they came from cultures where women barely had a voice, never mind the same jobs, as men. One man in particular, an older man, was particularly mean towards me on my first day there. Every time he spoke to me, he used a very sharp tone that made me feel less than I was. I didn't like it at all, but I didn't know how to stand up for myself back then. Therefore, I did my best to ignore him and learn the ropes as quickly as I could without asking him too many questions, although he was training me. Then, after a few weeks of working there and doing my job well, all the men at work warmed up to me and things got a little bit easier there despite their inappropriate sexual commentary every time I was around. During my time there, I had to ignore a lot of sexual and sexist comments from the three men I was working with. I had to act invisible and let the men be men. It was very frustrating, but I needed the job to pay my bills, to pay my rent. However, it all came to head one day when my boss, a smaller, older man tried to invite himself to my house for lunch. He was married and had a daughter about my age, but that didn't seem to stop him from making the suggestion to me. See, it all began so subtle and in gist. He mentioned to me that I should invite him over to my place for some curry chicken and rice for lunch one day, and then he wanted to know when exactly I would be doing that. I was so shocked and deeply triggered by his words and his suggestion. But in true trauma form, I stayed calm. I brushed off his request by saying, I don't know, and quickly occupying myself with some meaningless task. About a week later, my boss decided to accuse me of being short $5 with my cash out. Then he verbally reprimanded me for the alleged shortage although I wasn't short at all because I had counted the cash several times before turning it over to him. I knew where this was headed. So, a day later, I decided to quit my job at the parkade. I remember walking out crying because I was so angry. I was angry because I was enjoying the job, but I knew that if I stayed there, he would eventually come up with a way, a reason to fire me, and blemish my track record. My track record of never being fired from a job before. And I was not going to let that happen. So I decided to quit before he could fire me. The funny thing was, months earlier, when I was in his good books, every time I went on a vacation and returned to work, my paychecks were always a little bit bigger than I had expected. And when I brought it to his attention one time, he told me that it was not a mistake and that it was a bonus for my hard work. 
It wasn't until I quit the job and reflected on my time there that I realized my padded paychecks were really just a form of grooming in order to achieve his goal of getting me indebted to him so I would not refuse his request for a private lunch at my place. You see, predators always have their way of trying to lure their victims, and that was his, although I refused to be his victim that day, and it cost me my job. A few weeks later, after Isaac and I had broken up and I had moved to Colony Street, Paul Marciano, one of the older men that I had worked with at the parkade and befriended, who I had made the mistake of giving my home phone number to, called me with a request. He wanted me to accompany him to the casino. He confessed that he lived alone and was just wanting some company. So... I agreed to go with him against my better judgment. As a sign of his appreciation for our odd friendship, he he offered me $200 in cash to play at the casino with him or to pay my bills, whichever I chose. It was a very kind offer, but I refused at first thinking about how bad that would make me look because I was younger than him. However, he quickly put my mind at ease by saying he thought of me as a niece or granddaughter and that he just wanted my company to go to the casino for some fun. Nothing inappropriate, just a friend keeping another friend company and having some fun. After mauling it over for a while and thinking about my need to pay my bills without my job at the parkade, I gratefully accepted his gift and invitation and met him at the Fort Gary Hotel for a quick drink before hitting the casino in the same hotel. Paolo was a handsome older Italian man that looked about 55 years of age. He was a gentleman, and whenever we talked, I felt really at ease with him. I enjoyed his friendship and his generosity as well, and I didn't mind when he told me that he missed me at the parkade because I missed his friendship as well. In fact, he was the only one I felt comfortable enough with to confide in about the manager making a pass at me before I decided to quit my job there. At the Fort Gary Hotel, Paulo and I had a drink at the bar before playing blackjack at the casino and entering a draw to win $10,000 in cash. And after losing $20 at blackjack out of the $200 that he'd given me, I decided to save the rest of the money to pay my telephone and cable bill. It was a fun afternoon at the casino with Paulo. However, when I got home from the casino that day, I was very surprised to receive a phone call from a black gentleman that worked as a dealer at one of the blackjack tables. At first, I thought I had won the draw for $10,000, and that was why he was calling me. But after listening to him for a few seconds, I realized that he had gotten my information, my phone number, from my entry in order to ask me out on a date. Feeling very annoyed and angry that he had done that, I asked him what he did with my entry into the draw. He said he put it back in the draw box after he wrote down my phone number so he could call. I told him to forget my number because I wasn't interested and quickly hung up the phone on him. I was not in a good place emotionally and the idea of another man invading my life and taking things from me really upset me. A few weeks later, I decided to end my friendship with Paolo Marciano after he called me in a drunken stupor one night and made verbal sexual passes at me over the phone. It turns out he was only being polite. 
only being a gentleman to me with the hope that something romantic could happen between us eventually, down the road. I felt very betrayed by him, annoyed and very disgusted. So I quickly hung up the phone on him and put him on my block callers list so I would never have to hear his voice speaking to me ever again. To be continued. Did you enjoy this recent episode? Then stay tuned for a brand new episode of Writing Through the Pain, My Story Continued, every Wednesday night. Tune in next week, where I will share more of my story dealing with the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Well, as usual, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues, family members, acquaintances, and friends. After all, you never know who this podcast might speak to, inspire, uplift, inform, or help to break their silence about an incident or incidents of childhood sexual abuse in their lives. To leave a message about an episode of this podcast, or to become a potential guest on the show, please message me at anchor.fm forward slash Ingrid D. Johnson, all one word, forward slash message. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting my mission. Good night and God bless you, my friends.